Recently, I saw a tweet on Twitter that said, we're not going to make any sudden moves going into 2022. Nobody claim 2022 as your year. We're going to walk in real slow. Be good, be quiet, be cautious, and respectful. Don't touch anything. I've also had some friends share this tweet as well. And it's kind of funny, but for Americans in particular, we've been going through some things. This podcast episode won't really talk about the bullshit that's that's going on. Instead, in this 200th episode of Michelle is Money Hungry, I'm going to talk about money, uncertainty, and some unexpected financial lessons that I learned along the way this year. As a reminder, Michelle is Money Hungry is a podcast where I have financial conversations about personal finances. So personal finances, but I have launched a new podcast called The Brand Building Lab, where I talk about all things specific to building an online brand. On that show, I will also do a 2021 wrap-up where I talk about online business, attending conferences, earnings, and more. So just so you know what the difference is between those two shows. For the longest time, I was working on paying off a ton, a ton of unsecured debt. In fact, this was what I was known for in the personal finance space. You know, that Michelle who's in debt. I had credit card debt and a billion other random bills that had got, that had grown over time and had come due <laughs> and were wanting to be paid. For the longest time, I was bombarded with calls, emails, letters, and I even had the misfortune of being served not one, not two, but three times for credit card debt and having to go to small claims court to get that all situated. Ironically, each time I was served, it was when I had experienced a major financial win. Yeah, that was painful. So the last couple of years have been emotionally intense for me as it relates to my money because all of the hard work that I've been doing for years and sacrifice paid off at the one time when I really needed it to happen, which was 2020. Kind of 2019, but 2020 in particular, and now we're into 2021, going into 2022. I'm going to be honest and say that sometimes I feel guilty or just a little weird for finally earning more and just transitioning from that financial place and space that I was in for so long. It's been kind of a head trip. And I think what has been helpful is having other friends who are going through the same experience or who are ahead of me and have gone through that same experience. So I know it's not unique to me, but I'm in it now and it's weird. I do feel weird about it. So lesson number one, the end result is worth it. What I learned along the way during this ridiculously messy financial season that, let's be honest, lasted for years is that the end result is worth it. If you're currently paying off a massive bill, cleaning up your credit, or just focusing on earning more, you've got this. If you're trying to invest more, you've got this. 
My finances still aren't perfect. There's absolutely a lot of room for improvement. And like I told you in an earlier episode this year, I still make financial mistakes. I'm not a financial expert, but my money is so much better than it was before. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70 and older, please do keep nurturing your finances so that they can be healthy in a way that serves you versus your creditors. It doesn't end. Basically, the way that people talk about money, it's like there's this little window of time where you should be focused on it. You got to focus on it until you're dead. So there you go. Lesson number two, the less you owe, the more your money will grow. The less debt that you owe, the more your money will grow. I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I've seen it happen so many times that I do think that there is something to this. Managing and financing debt, even when it's in good standing, is a specific skill set. When you are broke and you're like, okay, I've got a hundred bucks that needs to last until such and such date. Or maybe you're not broke. Maybe you just have tight income and just small amounts that you can mess around with. You know how to budget. You know how to manage that money. It's a skill set. But the less debt I had to focus on, the more I was able to focus on growing my income, which quite honestly is another skill set. Growing your income is a skill set. And it's my view, what you focus on grows. This is also for some people a luxury, right? Like I did not have the luxury of focusing on income for a really long time because I was trying to get these people paid. And it was really, really disruptive and distracting and there was a lot going on. This month will be likely my highest earning month ever. And if I hadn't messed up the payment terms for a brand sponsorship that I'm working on right now, my earnings this month would have been insane for me, like unbelievable for me and my financial brand. Let's be clear. I still have some debt, but I don't have 30 plus creditors that I was juggling and negotiating with and having constant conversations with. And so because I'm not dealing with 30 freaking people, organizations, entities, I'm able to focus on growing my income. Simplicity of finances has become a huge blessing for me. So if you're not there yet, just keep working towards it. It will make a difference. Lesson number three, take breaks. Rest is incredibly important for whatever goals that you have. I've taken vacations while repaying my debt and taken breaks from this financial journey. I paid for those with cash, but those breaks really helped to keep me energized and focused so I could continue on. Lesson number four, it's okay if your reasons and motivations change. Basically, the reasons behind your financial goals, they could change. I've always wanted to buy a tiny place somewhere outside of the US, ideally in Europe. I've lived in Europe before and I have a ton of friends there, but my why for that goal has changed pretty significantly. And in fact, recently my mom and I talked about my why specific to buying a home overseas and it felt weird telling her why. And she totally got it. Basically, my urgency to achieve this goal has also changed pretty significantly. And that's okay, same goal, different reasons. I think that we don't often talk about what motivates us to do a thing. Be honest about what motivates you because it will change how you focus on the goal. Lesson number five, time is the most valuable asset that you have. Time is the most valuable thing 
in your life. During this time when we're dealing with a global panorama, I'm struck pandemic. You know, I know it's pandemic. I am struck by the fact that nothing else matters as much as time. Time spent with your loved ones and friends, time spent with yourself. It's not lost on me that folks that who have the resources to be a part of the great resignation are focusing on creating lives filled with flexibility and more time in addition to earning more. In fact, time and flexibility were actually two of the key reasons why I left my old nine to five. It wasn't just the money. I left my nine to five and immediately earned a fraction of what I was earning before. But the time was so much better for me, like that flexibility that I was willing for a short duration of time that ended a little like that lasted a little longer than I would have liked. That time freedom was everything for me. And it was so important. I love that there are so many jobs and careers that are now time flexible because during COVID, we've learned you don't even have to go in the office for most jobs. You don't. And so if you're looking for something like that, now is the time. By the way, this year I had a friend pass away. I have another friend, more than one who've been fighting cancer. I think about time, time with my mom, time with my relatives. I think about it a lot. Tomorrow is not promised. And I actually talked about that when I attended Camp Fi Southwest in San Diego this fall. That was actually the name of my talk, which was Tomorrow's Not Promised because I am slow fire focused. I have a lot of problems with regular fire. And part of what I dislike about regular fire is this unwillingness to understand it feels like sometimes that tomorrow's not promised. So sacrifice. If you would like to sacrifice, that's fine. But if you sacrifice and you drop dead tomorrow, what's the point? And a good example of that, actually, I spent this week crying. I'm a football fan and former Bronco passed away this week. His name was Demarius Thomas. If you're not a football fan, that's, you know, you don't need to be. But his name was Demarius Thomas, and he was a really healthy young 33-year-old man. He had retired from football a few years ago loved by everyone, loved by everyone. Like even talking about it, it's really sad. And he died out of the blue. Just he's gone. I really need you guys to hear (laughs) tomorrow's not promised. And just think about that. Lesson number six, earn more. The more you earn, the less the financial burn. I'm convinced that the people who always say that money doesn't make you happy have never been sort through change broke. You know, where you're sorting through your change from your piggy bank because you're so broke because you're trying to take the bus. Well, I have been that broke more than once. And the more that money I make, the more at ease I am because I'm not stressed the fuck out about money. Initially, it may feel weird growing your income and having that internal conversation about, are you worthy of this? Are you being greedy? Like all these things that come up. And also the impact of how earning more may impact the people around you. Some of the people around you may not want you to earn more. They may be in their feelings about the fact that you are if they find that out. But it doesn't matter because earning more will give you choices and opportunities that you may not have had otherwise. You don't have to explain your reasons for wanting to earn more to other people, but you do need to be clear about why you want to earn more with yourself so that you can have the right focus and motivations around it. Lesson number seven, pay for help. If you have the resources to do so, spend the money and pay for help. In January, I plan on having a cleaning crew come in and do a deep clean of my place once a month. I hate cleaning, but I love having a clean home. Right now, I'm beginning a Swedish death cleaning process where basically I will get rid of everything and anything that I do not need. 
I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to take a lot of weight off my shoulders and just create space for other energy. The time that I will save not cleaning and not focusing on how clean or not my home is will be priceless. If you're looking to hire house cleaning support and mother's helper, by the way, I was a mother's helper in Paris. It was a lot of fun to help with your kids, paying for grocery delivery or blue apron, HelloFresh on occasion. Do it. Spend the money. Save the time. Help someone else make a living. Pay a fair wage. My friends from other countries have always done this. In fact, many of my single friends have always had someone to come in and clean. At the time I was too broke. At the time when I saw them doing this, I was too broke to get it, right? Like I just didn't have the money to even conceive that I could do that. But hiring someone to support with cleaning, cooking, or helping with your kids was a way for them to keep their sanity. By the way, again, a lot of my single friends, they were single when they started doing this. It's a thing overseas. And I don't know why American women in particular, if you're an American woman listening to this, why you want to do all the things. I don't understand it. You don't have to. I'm giving you permission to hire some support. Lesson number eight, the past is over. Focus on your financial now and move forward. One of the most annoying things that happens in financial content is the following sentence or phrase, if you had. If you had invested at such and such age, then you would. Or if you had spent, if you hadn't spent this, then you would. You know what? That is so unhelpful. It's too late to change what I did before. I cannot clean up that mistake. It's gone. It's been done. All I can do is focus on what I do financially as I move forward. What happened seven years ago is done. I only have control now on what I'm doing moving forward. I am no longer interested in holding those decisions over my head when there's nothing that I can do to change the past. I just need to focus on the future. Now, should I learn lessons from those mistakes? Hell yeah, I should have learned, you know, if you, you gotta learn lessons. But this whole thing where people are like, well, if you were 22 when you invest, I was 22 in college. I was uh, actually, you know, I went to college at 17, turned 18 a month before, and I was on my own and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just trying to survive. I didn't have the information about investing at 20 or 18. That, that was not in the conversations that were being had with me about money. I was working at the pizza shop and the corner store on my campus so I could eat. I can't change those decisions. They're done. And I really hate that people in the personal finance space really beat us over the head with this. Well, if you had, I didn't. Leave me alone. <laughs> you could tell that's pissed me off. I'm just so over it. Lesson number nine, is it time to upgrade? Know when it's time to thoughtfully upgrade different aspects of your life. I love staying at a bougie hostel in Breckenridge, Colorado. I go there often and I absolutely love the community of folks who go there too. They're all ages. They have really cool interests. It's just, I love this place and it's beautiful. And breakfast is cooked every morning and included in the cost. Love this place. But I was finding that I was using another facility in town that has a co-working space, hotel and fitness classes as well. So I was going five blocks away to this other space to kind of supplement my experience at this bougie hostel. And so long story short, I finally decided to join the community for the other space for the next six months so that when I go up to Breckenridge, I can 
kind of do both. I can stay for a few days at the hostel, but then move into the hotel at a discount and stay in my own room, use the the co-working space, regardless of which facility I'm staying in and use the other amenities while I'm in Breckenridge. Why was this a good decision for me? Because I go to Breckenridge probably for a week, a month, every month. I'm always there. I just felt like it was time to really think about what my purpose was in going there. Usually I go up there to work, to rest, to really re-energize. And sometimes with hostels, God love them, they're boisterous and they're fun and you meet all these cool people, which is great. But if I'm going up there to work, I need to be able to quietly work in a place. And I could no longer go to the library, actually. So I would go to the library and quietly work there as well. But COVID's changed everything. So I couldn't assume that the library would be open either. So it just became a lot of work to kind of figure out how I would do what I needed to do. So I decided to upgrade. And it took a lot of thought and working the numbers. And I'm going to pay a hundred bucks a month for the subscription, but I think that it's going to be worthwhile. I signed up for six months and I'm excited about it. I'm very, and I like the community and I could use their facilities in other mountain towns as well as Denver. So I, I thought about this a lot. My point is for people listening to this episode, this could include the upgrades in your life could include the food that you eat, getting a better car, whatever it is that will help you to have a better life. All on sale, of course, do not pay full price. Basically, if there's a place in your life that is giving you discomfort, it may be time to upgrade that service experience or tool to make things easier for you. So when it's time I had to upgrade my cell phone, I don't care about iPhones. Like I'm not, you know, all about iPhone life, but I bought a new phone. I had to, the old one broke. I bought a new MacBook Air, paid cash for that bad boy. That this thing's going to last another six years. My point is I'll pay the money so that I am happy, but I'm thoughtful around what that process looks like. Lesson number 10, people matter. The most important investment that you can make is in your relationships with people. COVID has really made me think about community and connection. As we slowly emerge from years of hunkering down, it's taken an emotional toll. It really has. This year, I've had a friend pass away and another lose the strength in her legs due to fighting cancer. One of the best things that I've done is make a point of spending more time with my mom, doing fun things, and other people in my life that I care about. And that's been hard to do because I have friends that I haven't seen since COVID started because they have kids and they need to make sure that everyone around them is vaccinated. And even then they don't know what the hell is going on. And they're terrified because their children are their most important thing. So this has been a hard time. I do not regret for one minute the time that I spent with people, especially prior to COVID, because I was by myself for literally a year and a half. And that was hard. Spend time with the people that you love. And I feel uh, emotional about that because it was really hard to be in my house by myself for almost two years. And a lot of people don't talk about this, but it was so hard. And I don't want to get into it, but it was hard. Bonus lesson, be generous. (laughs) Sorry. Generosity is a beautiful, beautiful thing. What is the point of earning more, paying off debt, being miserly with your money? I'm not just talking about being generous with others, but being financially generous with yourself. Love truffle fries? Buy some truffle salt on sale and make some fries for yourself. Want to treat the person behind you to a coffee and scone? Do it. Want to leave 
a big ass tip to the person waiting on your table, do it. I bought someone a gift card this year at the coffee shop. I'd seen them around and that day they'd been crying. Like they were just crying, like horrible, full body tears. In the past, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to just be like, you know what? I want to just make this person happy, but now I can't. And so I bought them a gift card and they were so thankful. And this person, just so you know, was unhoused, but I see them around because you see people around all the time and they made a point of coming up to me and they're like, thank you so much because I really needed that. What is the point to improving your life if you are not generous with others as well as yourself? It makes no sense. That is it for 2021. I am emotionally done. <laughs> Just stick a fork in me. <laughs> I'm done. I've had a good year. When all is said and done, it's been a pretty good year, but I definitely, there's a lot on my mind. And for those of you who are curious about the business, like my online business and lessons learned with that and earnings, conferences, all the things, I have included a link in the show notes as well because the episode's live right now. And I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season, Christmas, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa, you know, whatever it is you do. The next episode for Michelle is Money Hungry should be released the second week of January. So I'm thinking January 10th, 2022. With that being said, peace be with you. Thank you so much for all the support that you've given the show. Let me know some of the financial lessons that you've learned this year. I'd love to hear them. 